Welcome to another Keel Hall podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, Pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week is another community episode with the Keel Hall Gold Hoarders from the Patreon. They're joining us uh, on this day to kind of talk about the season in general, the Vault Hunters event, uh, how they feel about it. We actually got into a really interesting theme that I wasn't anticipating when we started this episode that actually revolves around mega events, events that require more than more than one crew uh, to take down, similar to what we used to do with the uh, Hungering Deep and the Cursed Sales event. Uh, We got into a lot of different topics as we kind of went along, so I hope you enjoyed as much as I enjoyed speaking with them. And of course, it would not be a Keelhauled podcast if I didn't call out the patrons who are supporting me over at patreon.com forward slash Keelhauled podcast. So thank you, Chateau Neuf, Cosmic Johnson, El Jefe Esteban, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Michael O'Rourke, Regis, Stella, Rustbell Kid, TN, Professor, Todd Meister, Big Bad Pad, Mina Ferry, CJ Superpack, Davram TV, Frank F, Kazia the Rogue, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. It means the world to me. And I love these episodes. We're going to be doing more Gold Hoarder uh, stuff in the next month. Uh, we did a little bit of a test today as we were after we got done recording and had a lot of fun with it. So I'm looking forward to doing those kind of uh, community events that we can do in the Discord. And uh, who knows, maybe this may be even easier in the future. Wait till the end of the episode to hear my thoughts about how. Great. Well, let's kick things off. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the community episode for the Keelhauled podcast. I wanted to thank all of the gold hoarders for joining up with me this weekend. Uh, we probably going to be going into the Vault Hunters event, but I, I really, as we're kind of wrapping up this season, uh, I felt like this was probably the last chance we're going to really get to really kind of reflect on how things are going and how people are liking the actual season and if there's going to be some changes that they are hoping to look forward to in the future. But before we get into that, I wanted to welcome all of my gold hoarders. Uh, first off, Mina Ferry, how are you doing? Welcome to the episode. Uh, what's been going on with you? Um, hello. I'm doing all right. Awesome. There's not a lot happening here at the moment. <laughs> Easter holidays have started, so the kids are off school. I'm on holidays. Sounds good. Awesome. And Regis, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. And uh, last, I believe last time we spoke, I finally reached uh, rank, rank 100 for Renown. So I finally got my first curse. Perfect. Other than, other than that, nothing else. Very cool. Well, I'm sure we'll get a chance to dive into that in a bit. Professor, welcome. How are you doing? Doing very well. Um, having fun hanging out with the friends on the seas and uh just it's good to hang out that's really what it's been all about more than any content yeah especially lately uh and of course big bad pad welcome to the episode how are you doing sir i'm doing very well thank you very much been working and gaming that's about it oh yeah i i definitely feel that (laughs) Um, Well, I wanted to kind of dive in and uh, start off with the season. Um, Many of you have probably hit uh, level 100 for your renown. I did it when we were doing the Glitter Beard event. And I was actually kind of curious, 
just to make sure everyone is uh, level 100 right now, right? Mina, let's start with you. Yep. Okay. Yep. I hit 100 fairly early on. Awesome. And Regis, I know you just said that you had uh, Professor and Big Bad Pad. Have you guys hit Renown 100 for sure? Yeah. Yeah. It was an early, early event for us. Uh, on it, the was a race. it was a race. <laughs> <laughs> See who could finish first. Nice. So um, in that case, let's start off. Uh, Pad, if you don't mind, uh, let's let's jump into your thoughts overall. How do you feel about this season? Did they did Rare pull it off? Did they give us the the content on a monthly basis that they had promised uh, forever ago? Or did you feel that this was an interesting enough experiment to warrant them continuing on down this road? It was it's definitely um, fulfilled um, a lot of my expectations. Um, like you, I've played Destiny 2 um, and, and I'm used to seasons. Um, and so, yeah, this first one <clears throat> is on a par with the Destiny one. Um, there's a variety of stuff to do. Um, as you say, the the events within the, the season was uh, very varied, obviously, with the new voyages. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it's definitely hit a lot of the right spots. Awesome. And moving up, uh, Professor, with the renowned rewards, have you felt pretty satisfied with what they've been giving us? And are you happy with seasons overall? You know, I'm going to, I appreciate the work that, that they put through on all of this. I, I will say most of the rewards were things that I had already bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I went ahead and did the season pass and kind of told myself, this is kind of an experiment. I'm really looking to see what season two brings. You know, if it's a bunch of things that that are already in the stores that that have already been purchased, I, you know, I I might lose a little bit of excitement over the rewards. As far as the events, hit and miss for me. But even if it wasn't a hit, fishing, I enjoyed giving my crew a hard time and and Pad and his crew and going back and forth and you know occasionally uh, eating a fish or uh, laughing when Rust had his last trophy fish and ate it by mistake oh. during a battle. Um, so, you know, then we, we rallied around and we, we went out fishing with him again. And uh, I think uh, Rust might have even got a picture of Pad fishing at some point, even though he said he would never fish. Um, so, you know, we had fun around the event, even if it wasn't the, uh, the event itself. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I just noticed that you mentioned Pad saying that he uh was fishing um pad you said you weren't gonna fish dude what what happened i've just been swearing off mike (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate the mute (laughs) i was fishing with rusty and we were doing the fishing voyage where you have to be in a specific place he didn't believe that we were in the right place and i proved him wrong and he took a photograph of me doing it and then tried blackmailing me with it. Uh, <sighs> that actually sounds pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that he tricked you, but that's, that's great. Cause I know, <laughs> I know you're willing to overcome your, your disdain for fishing just for the sake of proving him wrong, which is, it kind of goes against, uh, <laughs> Kind of goes against what you were believing in, but I appreciate it. I did want to 
uh, head up to Regis. Regis, how are you feeling about the season, the rewards, the events overall? Uh, did, did did was this a good enough season for you? Well, I only played the the first season just to get like the the Pyre Legend cards and everything else that comes with it. So, and I never played games like Destiny or for, or Fortnite because those don't interest me because shooters of the modern terms don't interest me. So for my first season for the game that I love to death, pretty interesting. And like what professor said a while, a little while ago, this is them kind of like a, a beta test for uh, what's to come. Like, you know, just things to, uh, you know, testing the waters, if you will, like see the response, see the, what they can potentially, potentially expand upon. And just, even though I didn't play like, like the, the, all the events, I did have my fun, fair share of fun, like just, doing my business, playing on the seas, especially on Alliance servers, and just grinding my way up to towards that Pyre Legend curse, of which I now proudly wear. Awesome. Mina, your last, but not least, with the season pass, was it everything you expected, or were you expecting more? No, I think it was every expected. Um, I was quite happy with it, and I think they did a good job. Awesome. So I know that in our community, we had been discussing this, uh, and, and forgive me, I can't remember who it was that brought it up. Um, in fact, I think it might've been peoples or professor one E two, uh, had brought up the idea of getting refunds for cosmetics from the Emporium. If you'd already purchased them from the season pass, uh, professor, was that you that had brought that up? No, that was peoples, I think, Okay, um, but I, it was an interesting idea. And would take away some of the questions I had. Okay. Well, what kind of questions uh, were you thinking about? Well, it was just the fact that, you know, you, you pay that little extra for seasons. And one of the perceived rewards is, you know, you get these these little extras. And then to find out the extras are all things that, uh, you know, you already had for the most part. Um, you're trying to do, you know, so what's the value of the pass? Yeah, it's true, especially if you have everything that you've already seen in the Pirate Emporium. The, the Plunder Pass really doesn't offer a whole lot uh, outside of a couple weapons and some some uh, cosmetics for your pirate. It's kind of a shame, and I, I, I do hope that Rare takes some consideration uh, into maybe giving people a refund or a discounted price for the plunder pass. If the rewards in there are something that you can earn, but you already have. Um, so if that was the case, I would love to have them offer some sort of refund or at least just give the ancient coin value to the actual player. I guess my question comes down to is the value of the pass is if you hadn't say bought everything from the pirate emporium <laughs> the items that you did purchase in there uh if you did get refunds for those might be higher than the cost of the actual plunder pass mm. so say that you had purchased the plunder pass uh but you had purchased all the items in the emporium would that just essentially be giving back more ancient coin than you actually had to to spend overall in does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I also understand that, you know, right now, well, there's a lot of ancient coin laying around in my bank um, and many of ours. I guess the part to me is, and I said this last time, 
Rare has made it so that the cosmetics and, and things like that are are really the only differentiator. It's how you tell your, your pirate story, um, even if you can't speak. And I, I just would like that opportunity to have something unique if you're going to do the pass that, again, allows you to tell your pirate story through items. Because that's really all we've got. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's my only point. Meaning you said that you were holding off on buying it specifically for this reason. Um, if you see that the season pass for season or the, the plunder pass for season two is in the same vein, do you expect that you'll probably hold off on purchasing the, the second season pass? Um, because a lot of the stuff that you got with plunder pass that I liked, I already had. There was only two things that I was like, eh, yeah, I wouldn't mind having those. But it's not been enough for me to actually put out the money okay. this time around. Uh, yeah, so I can understand that. So um, with the season pass, I'm curious to hear. Uh, right now we're going on into the Vault Hunters. Uh, has anyone worked on the Vault Hunters yet? And if so, what are your thoughts initially for it? I'll just say it went faster than I thought. It took me three vaults. I think Hefe and Pad got it done in one or two vaults. Is that right, Pad? Yeah, we we were lucky in the fact that we did one vault. Uh, we'd done a few bits before, so we'd managed to get to grade five on the emissary. I think we did three of the four emissary missions. And mileage finished us off. So yeah, with, with one complete vault, mileage and then the emissary we were finished in well i would say one long night it's about five or six hours of sailing about that's interesting so it doesn't seem like it's too too hard of an event to actually complete uh from your perspective then does it do you feel like you're you're getting a fair amount of rewards out of the event uh with the the three different weapons or or no was it three different weapons four right i think to be honest, um, I play a lot more than an, an average gamer. Um, so for somebody who's only going to be playing once or twice a week at two, maybe three-hour sessions, it's going to take them a week to get it Yeah. at the outset. Um, like I say, I play more than most, um, and so, yeah, got it in a, a one-play session for me. For what I've paid for this is absolutely nothing. I'm getting four free cosmetics. So I, I haven't got any room to complain at all. And I like doing the vaults. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm right there with you. I enjoy them. Um, I guess in this case, I'm, I'm curious, do, do you all tend to prefer the way that this is set up similar to the Champions of Souls where you have uh, a cap to hit each thing and doing different things earns you little pieces? Uh, like right now it's favors for the gold hoarders. Um, do you enjoy having the the smaller uh, kind of notches to work on. Like if you happen to find captain's chests, you can turn those and earn credit and never have to actually open up a, a vault yourself. Or is it something where you'd prefer to go check off a list of things that you have to do um, similar with the fishing event where you had to get specific fish. Uh, Regis, did you have any feelings on that or any thoughts? Just, just to recap, uh, you're saying like to, to regain, to gain favor and get rewards by t- returning in certain types of loot, like uh 
cabinet's chest, right? Yeah. So with the with the the vault hunters, you can open a vault. You can turn in a, a ancient tribute chest. You can turn in captain's chests. There's multiple ways to kind of earn progress through that event, and this is different uh, to say like the the fishing event that we had, where you had to go out and actually get specific fish from different regions and turn those in and work on a voyage. Um, seems like people are enjoying this a little bit better than the fishing event. Uh, have you messed around with that? Unfortunately, no. But I like the idea of like a, like alternative paths to get the uh, the gold hoarder weapons or whatever else they're offering. Just for uh, you know, other than just doing the main what you what you're told to do, as long as it, as long as it's something, as long as it's looted, then it's fine. I guess so. Uh, yeah, it's uh, really interesting to have the that, that uh, different different way of earning favor in this case. Maybe they're trying to gain your favor and then stab you in the back for killing their leader for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, I, I know they, they generally have to do what they're doing. Uh, it's always I'm for always, a lower reason for a lower reason anyway, for the gold holder. Yeah. I'm always kind of curious whether or not they, they want to do it and, and stuff. Cause it, uh, at least based on like the comics, uh, it seems like some of them are kind of press ganged into that, into that position. Um, Professor, you mentioned that you like the Volta events. Um, do you mind elaborating a little bit more on that? So personally, I liked the way the Vault events did. It, it felt less intense, kind of more relaxed. As you played the game, things kind of rolled in. Mm -hmm. um, now, having said that, because I've got um, the High Seas Accountant, also known as El Jefe, um, <laughs> who, who kind of breaks things down and, and all the events and kind of tells us, okay, now we need to sail here and do this. Um, it makes those types of events a little easier, but I did feel a little overwhelmed with that first event. It's like, I got to do what, when, where, how. And so I liked the less intense version. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely appreciate that. I, I definitely noticed that the, that the mentality behind say like the fishing event reminded me a lot of the cursed sales event where there were specific mm. sales and ships that you had to go to at different times. And it was all very coordinated. Uh, but going into say like the devil's roar or the forsaken shores update, it was more or less just like, Hey, go do these missions, uh, visit these islands, uh, inspect these bodies, these bones to find out more about the crews. And that relaxed nature definitely sends to, or tends to, to give me a little more drive to do them and not feel so pressured to be like, Oh my God, what, what's today's date? When are the servers <laughs> going down? How many fish do I need to go and do? What's the best way? Because literally the the fishing event, it was down to the last couple hours where I was like, mm -hmm. I still haven't gotten my battle kills and I need to get those. So I, I messaged Rare and I was like, hey, I'm calling in a favor. I need you to flip on the fort switch. <laughs> and sure enough, I got home, jumped on a server. First server I got onto, I spawned at Galleon's Grave, looked south, active fort, boom, right there. I was like, Cheers. Good on you. Appreciate that. Went, got my uh, battle kills with time to spare. And I was like, whew, almost dodged a bullet on that one. So yeah, it's, I, I, I tend to really prefer these, uh, these, these treasure vault events or the champions, of souls event. Um, Mina, welcome back. Hopefully uh, audio's feeling a little bit better. I know we've been getting some, some static in or some robotiness with your things. Uh, did you get a chance to try out any of the vaults, uh, hunters, or, or any of the missions for that yet? Hopefully this sounds better. Yes. Um, <laughs> good. Um, 
I was with Paddy and that lot. So I got the vault done very quickly. Um, I kind of did it to require a little bit more work. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to complain that it's done already, but I feel that we have way more than what we actually ended up having to do. Um, But I've enjoyed it. I like doing the vault. Awesome. So I'm curious to know, uh, with, with this kind of like rounding out the, the seasons discussions, uh, going into season two, um, how do you all feel with the types of events that we're getting? Do you feel like they're impactful enough or were you kind of expecting something more like a tall tale or like a cursed sales event? Uh, Mina, let's, let's start off with you. Oh, some sort (laughs) of tall tale would be awesome um i like the idea of some sort of event like the curse sales mm-hmm. i suppose we'll have to wait and see what they've got planned definitely i'm, I'm um, kind of hoping they said anything about season two we'll have to wait and see i guess but i've been quite happy with this lot awesome regis uh how are you feeling about these events are, are you satisfied with them for a season two something similar or do you want something larger? And if so, what? Well, again, I mentioned again. Me and me and Professor mentioned earlier. This is where testing the water is like you know a new a new way of updating the game instead of like every major content update every month. It's every three months. So it's then uh, again, it's tested them testing the waters, and I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if they announced something like a a tall tale or something some kind of lore thing besides the comics. Of which I'm sure we'll discuss later on, like something like something to do besides like these world events and just uh, playing detective for the Merchant Alliance. So, but then again, anything's better than nothing. So, I'll leave it at that. Okay, uh, Professor, is this good enough for season one uh, or going into season two? Do you want do you want bigger events? Do you want longer events? Mm. Uh, you know what? Despite my issues with season one, I enjoyed it, and you know I'm not gonna give rare what for. Because I did enjoy it. What I would say is, um, I liked to a certain amount. Season one kind of felt more mundane. Like this is filling in the life as a, a you know a pirate on the sea of thieves in between events, and kind of gave you some things to do, and but didn't overwhelm you so that you could still have that free play sandbox. And I love that part about it. It's why. F.A. and Rust and I rush through is so that we can get back to the open sandbox. Um, having said that, for season two, I, I would actually like them to do some alternating. You know, one season passes a little bit of the mundane sea story, you know, what happens in between events. And then, you know, one season pass event is kind of one of those story events or something that gives us more lore or fills out a character a little more um, and ties into the larger you know, storyline. So if they did something alternating like that, I think that that could be interesting. I think it might also give rare a little bit of a breather at times um, as they craft, you know, this, this event that the, the update itself had a lot of glitches in it and programming has got to be a beast to do. And I don't know why this one's felt more glitchy than others. And again, I think we've said it before. I would take, I would be more patient in between drops if I knew that they had the time to iron out as much as they could. 
Interesting. That's really good feedback because I, I don't think too many people are really talking about that. Um, Professor, with with this update uh, going into season two, um, we we don't know what's coming yet, but obviously we're going to be getting more events. Uh, do you need more from the events? Um, do you feel like having bigger events would be great if they tied to any kind of story or do you not need the story? No, I, I absolutely love this story. Matter of fact, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting for the loose ends about the mermaids and, uh, you know, Duke and what's that mysterious door, um, you know, in the Reapers, uh, vault area and, um, still waiting to see, uh, you know, uh, the Warsmith's work area, that, that whole thing. Um, there's just a lot of hints to where their story. We so, still haven't gotten a payoff for that, have we? <laughs> no. So yeah, no, I want more story. Um, okay. Um, Pad, did you have anything that you wanted to touch on? Things that you'd like to see improved or changed in season two? Uh, not so much improved. Um, as a completionist, I was surprised that there weren't rewards for doing all of the trials in season one. But I do understand that there were a lot of trials in there to do, because um, I know that we didn't really touch on the the tall tales side of it. We did um, everything, but I think um, mainly because <laughs> we got tired of doing them five times each. Um, I think most of us on our crew have done that bit now. Um, but yeah, I think for season two please don't give us everything you gave us in season one. Right. Yeah. I, I right there with you. Um, I'm curious since you bring that up uh, with the trials, do you feel like we need trials for a season two? Do you feel like they're, they're worth having or they're good guidance for people? I think it possibly would have been better if they'd actually made the tall tales more of an impact on the first season so that new players not so much were forced but were rewarded for progressing through the story because i guess a lot i I would bet actually that a lot of sailors haven't done the tall tales with that i think this would be a good time to dive into duke uh professor you brought up duke regis i know you've been doing some research uh duke's kind of wandering around the the world and uh I'm, I'm curious to know how you guys have approached that have you have you gone to seek out duke um what are you kind of hoping from him uh if anyone has any uh regis let's uh actually if i'll start off with you um have you been following duke's happenings and going on well i did say last month that duke would be appearing somewhere in the cfes but i guess i was a little off by saying he'll be in the roar this time he's on kraken's fall but yeah, what he said was uh, like he's still looking for treasure. I know you're saying he's like you know the the prob the the cause of the problems that we have so far in the CFEs. And I don't know. It's just I don't think he's. I think he's gonna. I, maybe it's maybe it's, this is a repeat of last week of last time. Like maybe next update he's gonna appear somewhere like I don't know the shores of gold or uh, uh, old Sailor Isle or somewhere in the CFEs. Just. I don't think he's. Gonna, I don't think he's going to be staying on this on the same island again next next month because I don't know. It was just, I was expecting him to appear on another island on you know the 
somewhere in the shores of plenty, but not in, not on the other side of the bloody map. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting that he decided to go there. Uh, Mina, have have you spent much time kind of seeking out Duke? Do you are you interested in what he's up to or what's going on with him at all? Um, I did go and find him on Kraken's Fall and spoke to him. Curious about what he's talking about. Um, I will be keeping an eye out on what he's up to. I do find him interesting and. He does tend to, I don't know about instigate, but he does tend to have a connection to things happening. So I will be keeping an eye on him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. He does kind of seem to cause a lot more trouble than he really intends. Uh, Professor or Big Bad Pad, did either of you guys uh, jump into what Duke has been going on or, or find out some of the uh, the relics that he's talking about? Where's Waldo with Duke, huh? Yeah, pretty but much. I, I, I do have to wonder. I went over there and was listening to him talk. Is it Duke? Is it really Duke? Voice doesn't sound right. Yeah, yeah. That is a. It's funny because this happened before. Uh, we've actually had this situation in the past, and it hasn't really played out. Um, last time this happened that I recall was actually with the ferryman. Uh, where the ferryman used to have a voice who was uh, voiced by one of the employees at Rare. And then at one point, they actually changed his voice. And they had a different voice actor come in and actually voice him. And that never paid off. Uh, we never really found out why he was the way he was, other than he just kind of had a bit more of an integral part with the tall tales. So I'm kind of curious... Uh, just like what is going to happen with Duke? Because generally, if they change the voice actor, uh, it means that they're going to be a bigger part of the story. And I'm I'm kind of wondering too. Like he sounds different, and you're right. It it doesn't doesn't give me confidence that Duke is still the same Duke, because the way he talks and the things that he says don't sound like the normal Duke. And he is kind of far from where he used to be. So maybe there's something to that. Pad, did you have any uh, feelings on Duke or did you get a chance to go check out any of the things that he was messing around with? Uh, like Mina, we went across, spoke with him. Um, I I don't want to investigate too much because I, be, I want to get the story from Rare rather than me know what's coming. And I'll do the same in Insiders. I won't go and search for him in insiders because i don't want to know the story for this bit yeah i can't say i blame you i was talking to falcor and he and i were trying to work out some of the ruins uh rare actually put out a tweet not too long ago that kind of gave us a parchment that had a bunch of skeleton ruins on it and some of the skeleton ruins are deciphered some of them aren't uh, we've actually been getting a lot of ruins from rare uh, lately that haven't been kind of explain ex ruins ruins what is it pad tell me what am i saying wrong i think you mean translated it's, it's runes, runes not ruins 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 are wrecked buildings ruins are ah! <laughs> uh you're right it is runes root ru oh, god i hate words um so yeah we're getting some runes why do I? It's, it's rooms with an N. <laughs> I can't say it. We're getting symbols from Rare. 
that are skeleton script. And uh, I'm just going to avoid saying that word from now on. That's what it is. It's just I'm I'm going to leave it alone. Also, I'm glad that we finally proved, Professor, you're you're teasing it, but I'm glad that we proved that it was uh, green. Uh, it was very nice to find out that it is actually green eyes on the curse and not white, uh, like some other people. We're still were wearing suggesting. your T-shirt, ruins and ruins. Oh God, yeah, I know. I I do need to get that. God, it is tombs, <sighs> tombs and to- tomes. Tomes. I always say tomes wrong. Um, but yeah, so we got we got some new symbols uh, in the skeleton library that haven't been deciphered. Uh, a lot of people are kind of speculating that it might have something to do with uh, ships and rocks. Um, anyone have any speculation on what those might be? Maybe a new ship type control with the skeletons first off, but you never know. Hmm. Could be. Could be bringing uh, brigantines to skeleton ships it'd be interesting to see how those work out i'd be i, I was would, thinking more i was thinking more of a man of wars but you never know i I'll, I'll be real frank i doubt that we will ever see a man of war in sea of thieves um we had to cut the server size from six ships to five ships just to accommodate all the stuff that they brought into the game since launch and ships are the most expensive asset in the game and if they were to build a man of war, we would probably have to cut the ship size down to like three per server. Um, it would be amazing. Yeah, hence why, hence why I think it would maybe the skeletons to bring this to bring the to bring it to bring the man of war, not us pirates. Well, uh, the uh, foo for fart. Yeah, the the trouble is is that the that the ships themselves, just the actual ship, is a lot of uh, resources for the game. Um, so it's, even if it was something that was controlled by AI, it would still take a lot of processing for the system to to have those kind of roaming around. I would love to see a huge man of war. It would be amazing. Um, even though apparently Mina doesn't want that. Mina, you don't want man of wars going against the wind. That's not a not a thing you're looking forward to. No, galleons are so slow. Oh my goodness. It would just take forever to get half a square. No. <laughs> Paddy, say you want to fight a giant AI ship. Yeah, we get obviously the the skelly ships and also um, skelly fleets and ghost fleets. Um, it wouldn't. I'm just thinking along the lines of when the, hunt, uh, the hunters came out. The oh god, mine's gone. Ma- mine's gone blank. <laughs> Uh, when, the Meg, say, when the Meg, when the Meg, when the when the hungering one, no, when the first Meg came out, oh yeah, you had to have two ship, two or more ships together, playing a certain tune or drum to bring this threat into the world. We've also got now the Fort of the Damned on an island where you gather lights and a skull and summon this island into life. Why can't you do the same with a skelly ship? So you want uh, events that are very large and grand in, in aspect that require uh, people from the server to actually come together? Teamwork, yeah. I definitely would love yeah. to see that. Uh, I, I can't remember who it was I was talking with. I think it was CJ, where we were talking about the old curse of sales areas and how those are completely unutilized, but they're huge areas. Um. I would love to have world events be summoned and just have like a, a very special version of those that require multiple ships to try and take down. Cause that was, 
that was part of the fun of curse sales is you know you'd get a couple ships and you and a couple other ships you know one ship would start getting beat on really hard and you'd have to either try and you know distract the ships so that you, the other crew could actually get things under control or you'd have to try and get over to the other crew to help them out and you know who had planks you know who had cannonballs who was low on supplies and you always had to try and work together um professor what are you you're uh, mentioning the black rose wind curse what's this oh goodness so you know how we know we're sailing in the right direction the wind is against us every way we, we turn that's uh, we haven't determined if it's if Hefe is the one or I'm the one or both of us together, but uh, other crews have threatened to to shoot us at other boats to curse them with the wind curse. I do know that. Um, <laughs> I cannot imagine trying to sail a man of war um, against the wind forever, but I do like Pad's idea of a multi-crew event, um, kind of a Sea of Thieves raid. Now that would be intense. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have a lot of fun with uh, that kind of prospect. And do, do you think they could do that now? Do they, do you think that they'd be able to take something with like a, a skeleton ship and just really like ramp up the, the amount of skeletons that spawn on it or, uh, or, or, you know, give us more multiple ships? Like how, how would they be able to do that now without having to create any new assets? So, yeah, I got to thinking. So the the hungering deep happened before some of this other mechanics were entered in. So it might be that the 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 Red Sea Haze might have to take over a certain part of the map for a period, maybe. You know, we're told that it fluctuates, you know, the fog moves. So maybe that's part of how they deal with with server resources is a certain piece of the map gets uh, moved over. That'd be really interesting. It would. I still have this idea that I would love to have Sea of Thieves uh, change over time, in a sense that when Rare wants to work on um, a part of the world, that the Roar would actually, or the the Devil Shroud would actually sweep in and actually start covering portions of the seas and we just wouldn't have access to those islands or maybe you could have access but the only way you could actually get out there is if you you know shot out into the roar and dug it out and then used a rowboat to get out or uh found, found some other way but giving rare a sense of control over the islands that are currently in the game and being able to choose those uh to to work on change them up by using the shroud as a kind of a, um, I don't, I don't know if you guys have gone to amusement parks, but every time an amusement park ever works on a new uh, ride or or area, they always put up those huge walls that are like pardon our dust, uh, and and you just don't have access to that part of the park for a while. Um, I think I would love to see if uh, if if they could actually work on something like that. Meaning, you're saying that rowboats sink automatically in the shroud? I I can't say I've ever taken one in there. Uh, do you get any opportunity to row in there or is it just automatic? No, we once tried dropping a rowboat off of the back of our ship whilst in the, on our way to the shores of gold. And as soon as it touched the water, it just exploded, basically. Wow. You could just hear it just planks disappearing and it just sank like a rock. Oof. Already. 
Well, that <laughs> that kills that idea. Uh, Pad, you, you're bringing up some really interesting ideas. Um, you want to share those as far as the Scully fleets? Um, well, the Scully fleet, yes. Um, we're talking obviously about in, in introducing a, a massive AI man of war. To do so, obviously, you've got to take some assets out of the game. Um, I know that in, pre- in previous rotations, they've taken skull forts out for quite a bit, um, and they've increased uh, the Ashen Winds um, and uh, Skelly Fleets. So they could actually just take the Skelly Fleets out for a rotation for, for a season, for instance, um, and actually have the Man of War as the summonable Skelly threat on the seas. Interesting. Um, I, I would, I would love to hear, uh, if, if you were the devs and you, and you wrote out this right now, um, do you think that they would like, how do you, how do you deal with the blowback from customers who are like, Hey, I'm, I'm working on my, uh, Athena grind for killing skeleton ships. And you, you say you're going to be taking out, uh, skeleton ships for the time being, how do you combat uh, customers who are trying to actively work on uh, that kind of uh, uh, in kind of commendations that, at the moment. That, that's quite similar to the issue that I've had for the last two or three months on Fortnite Friday. Mm. That for the first, I think, four to six weeks of the season one, the forts weren't actually appearing on Fortnite Friday. So we'd go through the whole session and there, there were a couple of sessions where I did rather more than six hours. Um, and we may have seen one fort in a 12 hour session. And I'm thinking, but how can it be called a fortnight Friday? If there are no forts up that either, either they've taken it out because they want to push people towards doing Fort of the damned. Yeah. Or there is something wrong with their programming or on their rotation. Um, so uh, yes, I can, uh, I can understand that people will, would be slightly heaved, mm-hmm. um, but we're not saying take the skelly boats out altogether. We're just saying, take the skelly fleet out. So the random spawns would still occur, but the concentration of skelly fleet wouldn't. That's a good alternative. Uh, I think it's still, so, I think it solves the problem of people wanting to, still work on those commendations while you're taking things out. Um, Regis, you mentioned that, that uh, maybe rare would actually drop the Xbox one version of the game. Um, how do you, how do you tell that to the people that have bought the, the, the Xbox one version, but haven't picked up a series X to replace it yet? Um, I didn't really think that for, I was just thinking like the mentality of like how GTA five and rockstar did with PS PS4 PS3s and Xbox 360s mm-hmm. versions of GTA 5 where they they supported the online version of that game for a while until like okay we're going to cut off the content here and continue on with the next generation until like everybody has their at least most people at least most people or over half of uh, the the gaming people for GTA online has a new new console so and like what Falcor says uh, in one of his videos the game itself is kind of running on a uh, on a a, a seven year old console for the for the base for the base game for the base console. So you gotta have to admit, eventually, 
that game has to be either discontinued or still playable, but to access more content post post cutoff for the previous generation, you kind of have to upgrade. And I know that sounds scummy, but it's how if you wanna if you want a more powerful console and get more assets and don't have to remove anything, then I guess that's the way to go. But I don't know, Rare can pull up something out of the bag that they could do. So like what you mentioned with the uh, um, how the trial, like the trial covering up one area or just get around an entire world event for a period of time to introduce a new mega event. One of the biggest issues that uh, you run into with these types of situations is uh, adoption. Um, Pad, you, you mentioned that it, it probably won't happen till the Series X and Series S are readily available. Uh, so in 18 months time, you know, you say that it, at least that, um, I, I really have a hard time. I would love a Sea of Thieves 2. <laughs> I would absolutely love a Sea of Thieves 2. Uh, the trouble that you run into is that people, some people want new content. Some people are content with how the game is at the moment. And it runs into that situation where until we get to the point where the Series S and X have outsold the Xbox One and One X, I have a feeling that it's going to be really hard for them as a company to turn away that player base um, because of of them wanting to just kind of upgrade the the system. Um, unfortunately, you know them upgrading the actual game or doing a Sea of Thieves 2 would take probably another five years for us to see if they aren't uh, still working on Everwild at the time. And unfortunately, with the engine, uh, the engine that they have right now is fine, but to to be able to take advantage of like networking advances or new tool sets, things like that, um, it's it's going to be hard to to justify swapping engines to the new game when they still have to support the first game. Uh, with, I, I kind of wanted to jump back to a, a comment that was made earlier. Um, professor, you're talking about replacing Skelly ships with this mega event, uh, and then having the mega event still count towards the Skelly ship commendation. Um, did you have any thoughts as far as like how that would, how that would translate as far as like one mega man of war versus uh, a fleet of <laughs> like five ships or, or is it five for the fleet now i can't remember how many it was um i, th I think it fluctuates at times depending on what what you end up getting rolled mm -hmm. you know i you know i haven't really thought this all the way through but as we were thinking about how to leverage um assets in the game yeah um and, and commendations all valid um I just thought, well, if you're still fighting a mega skelly event, then why wouldn't the commendation still be something that could count? Um, you know, the chest that you pull up and the, the ship sunk and things like that um, wouldn't necessarily have to change or, or go away for those commendations. It's a similar type of event. So I think there's probably multiple ways you could attack that if, if they wanted to. Um, but yeah. Interesting. I, I, I like the idea, especially if it feels like some, something where they have to take out uh, one to introduce another. Um, I, I would love to if they if they had a multiplier for like a man of war, like a man of war is the equivalent of, say, like three ship credit. Uh, so that mm -hmm. way, if you if you had to fight like two man of wars, 
it would be one heck of an event, but you'd get the same <laughs> outcome uh, for for like dealing with a uh, with just a standard megal or a standard ship fleet. Um, Mina, how are you feeling about this this concept? Uh, I, I know you tend to enjoy doing a lot of the events in the world. Uh, so, would you be open to having like a man of war fleet uh, somewhere out in the seas? Ahoy there, pirates. I don't have anything specific for you this week, but I did just want to run through some of the different sponsors that we have for the show. So if you're a fan of Loot Crate Gaming, you can get 15% off of most crates, as well as uh, crate subscriptions if you use the link code RobotsRadio and uh, go over to Gamefly.com. You can pick up a 60-day trial for $10 at $30 free, and you can also head over to Green Man Gaming using the link in the show notes to uh, purchase any games for your PC that you can use towards uh, steam or some other actual suppliers and all of those are just normal affiliate links that will help me we also have a nord vpn sponsor you can get two year plan for 68 percent off that's online security for three dollars and 71 cents a month and of course audiblebooks.com get three audiobooks for free when you sign up and you can get two vip books with that I I think that would be pretty cool. It would definitely, I imagine, be a tough fight. But that's a good thing, I feel. Um, our, um, yeah, if that's something that they wanted to do, then I, I would go and have a go at it. Awesome. Moving into uh, kind of wrapping up the episode, um, did anyone have any speculation on season two as far as like what we could actually be doing uh i've been thinking a lot about what i'm hoping will come with season two and, and i'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it uh duke's been out there kind of talking about these relics uh talking about him trying to find this power uh i i feel like season two we might actually get a bit of story uh moving into what's going on we just had the Pendragon comic released. We haven't heard from Pendragon after we freed his uh, crew during Rage of Fire. Uh, Duke is out there looking for some some old truce uh, to try and uncover some more information. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm curious if anyone wants to touch on like, do you think we're actually going to be getting some tall tales in season two? Uh, and and if so, are are you looking? I guess what I'm wondering is, is uh, are you ready for Flameheart to stop being a thing? Um, I don't know whether or not we're ready for Flameheart to not be a thing. I think he, he, he will, unfortunately, because there are commendations linked to sinking his boat, he will always be in Sea of Thieves. I am ready for more story, definitely. Um, like I say, we, <laughs> we've done the tall tales and whilst I will go back and do them if I to, um, especially if it's with new sailors. Um, but I, I'm looking forward rather than backwards. I want more story. I want more voyages. I want more AI threats, whether that be land-based or um, in the seas or in the air for that matter. Um, for season two, I hope the trials aren't the same. I hope they mix them up somehow, add stuff to it. Um, but in all honesty, I don't play the game to play the game. Mm -hmm. I play the game 
to play with people. Um, we met a guy last night on a solo sloop. He was Athena 5. We sank him. Um, but luckily, I was sailing with three PC players who could talk to him in-game. He's now part of the Keelhaul crew. Um, we're looking at bringing him into one of the crews that sails on a regular basis so that he isn't sailing alone. Um, yeah. So this game is about the community. It's not just the game. The game is good. The game is better than good. But it's the community that keeps me playing this game. Yeah, definitely. That actually, um, uh, Professor, you had some thoughts, so I, I want to touch on that real quick. Uh, you, you don't want more Flameheart? You're, you want him gone? <laughs> I, I am not interested in the extended warranty, Flameheart. Please. Please make the cloud go away. <laughs> do you think it ever will? Do you do you think we're ever going to get rid of Flameheart? Doesn't it have to? I mean, to get the story moving on, doesn't it have to go away and we have to progress to something else? It uh, you know, at this point I'm not sure where they could really go from from this. I mean, Junior's don't, No. No, don't say that. Juniors, I mean, that's the thing is like to get rid of Flameheart. I don't know where we're going to have to go, but I know that Flameheart Junior is still a question out in the world, and that just means more Flameheart, right? So go from they, they gave us they gave us the Dark Warsmith pistol, they gave us the um, Shroudbreaker flag. They're dropping all these hints that they're ready to move on with the story and and go to the next piece. He cannot stay up in the sky like that. It feels awkward. It feels <laughs> like he's just kind of peeping on you most of the time. And it's kind of a bummer. I would, I would love to have Flameheart kind of out of the sky. I, I'm, I'm, I enjoy those, uh, but I enjoy them being a order of souls voyage more than I enjoy it being a world event. Uh, I am very curious to know if they can move away from that. Um, exclusivity seems to be a hot topic for a lot of folks and at some point, I wonder if they will actually cut off some of these world events like the Ashen uh, Fleet or the Ashen, not the Ashen Fleets. What is it? The Ashen Winds event or Flame Ghost Ships, uh, the Ghost Ships and stuff like I wonder if those are going to be going. Um, Pad, you talked about how rares kind of uh, uh, put themselves into a corner. Um, do you think that there's a good time where we'll actually be able to get away from that? <sighs> I, I don't think it will be a case of getting away from. I think it may come back to that rotation of events so mm. that they take one out to put something else in. Um, because, like I say, there are too, there's so many commendations in this game now that are linked to events. Yeah, that's the killer right there. And, and also some of them are tied to lore, so... It would be kind of odd if uh, if events came back or cycled in and out and, you know, two years down the line when Flameheart has been vanquished and we're now all sailing in Sea of Thieves, uh, you know, New Horizons, it would be really odd to have like Flameheart pop up in the sky and be like, you think you can stop me? And it's like, who is this guy? What is Why does this make sense? Professor, you're like, no, uh, you don't you don't want this. Um, Mina, you're for this. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious. Do you, Mina? Let's let me start with you. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Professor. Uh, let me let me get your thoughts on this. Um, 
at some point, I do feel that they will have to move on with the Flameheart story. If that means that we defeat him and he goes away, then so be it. They've done that before when Wanda came with her cursed skelly ships. Um, we had the Cursed Sails event and there were commendations associated with those. Um, and they have since stopped the Cursed Sails. And if you didn't get the commendations, then some of them did stay in the world for defeating the skelly ships. But there was the different areas and the commendations that were associated with that. They, If you didn't have them, then I think they're gone now. I don't think they're even... I think if you if you got them, then they still show up in your pirate log thing. Um, but if you didn't manage to get them, then they and maybe they could like that. But I do think the story does. It has a feeling like it's going to go someplace. I just don't know how or what that would. Definitely, uh, with Professor, you don't want them to cycle events. You 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 like having the sense of uh, of a, a continued story and an evolution of the world. Yes. And let me be clear. I have a lot of things in the game, but I don't have everything. There are things I would love to have apparel and, and items, but I will never get them because I wasn't here when they were released. And as much as I would like to have them, they tell a unique story of a time and a place, and I wasn't there. And the people who were deserve to have them. And so let these events have their time and place. Let those that can get them be able to tell the story of being there. If we want to do alternate ones, fine. I'm all, I'm all for that. But not the original. I can definitely respect that. I, yeah, and and I definitely feel the same way. Um, I, I love the things that I got when I got them. They matter a lot to me. I, I definitely want people to have that feeling too in the future. I want folks that are coming in now to be able to experience the season one and say that they've got the Shroud Breaker sales and really point out, be like, hey, you know, I've, I really love the first season. I got all the way to level 100 and I got the sales and now I can show that off. Um, and I'm hoping that, that continues on as we kind of move forward and stuff. I, I just, I'm always at that point where I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I, I feel bad for folks that weren't here because it was such a cool moment in time. It was such a cool experience. And for them to not get that, I'm, I've always kind of wish that they had a, a chance or, or a way to be able to do that. Um, I, I wanted to actually bring this up earlier and I keep forgetting. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone here has gotten to do glitter beard. Uh, is there anyone that hasn't gotten to do Glitterbeard yet? I haven't. Okay. Um, we'll have to. We'll definitely have to get you in there. Uh, without spoiling anything, obviously, or or kind of mentioning where it's at, um, I I wanted to kind of get some impressions from the folks that have done it, just kind of giving me a, a sense of um, what did you think of it? Uh, how did you feel? Um, just some some general thoughts uh, as we think about. Uh, Jim and in, in his passing. Um, I I was unaware of this person passing. I don't. I I must have missed it or something. But what they've put in the game as a memoriam 
to him is absolutely beautiful and very heartfelt. And I love the the stories that are told through his journal. They speak for, I think, a lot of people and our journey through the seas. Um, and I think it's all very poignant. Awesome. Uh, Professor, did you want to share any thoughts on it? You know, it was really well done. Um, I did not know him. Um, I didn't know anybody that knew him. So my emotional connection with the event is different than those that did. But I could respect and understand how much he meant to Rare through the event. And that was amazing to see. It's clear that they cared and they wanted us to, to know a little bit more. And so that was special to see. And then it was even more special that it had to be a community event. You had to get a number of friends together. And uh, as all of us did, you know, the, what unlocked the event, it caused us to tell stories and share with each other um, while that whole process was going on. You know, you would ooh and awe or, hey, turn around, look over here. And uh, then when a certain place unlocked um, and we walked around together and, and got to see details that Rare had put in about his life in Sea of Thieves form um, was special. Um, and our crews got to be themselves as well. Um, I think somebody, Peoples, um, or was that untrue? Untrue, who uh, lit a keg while we were almost done. Um, so, you know, everybody experiences the event in their own way. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, uh, really special. Um, Pad, how did you feel getting to experience it? Um, I, I've been very lucky in the fact that I've experienced it three nights running um, with different crews. Um, the third one was actually with a random crew who decided they'd come over to us and say, look, we want to do the glitter beard. Can, can you give us a hand? It's like, yep, come on, no problem. We'll go over and do it. Um, I will mirror everything that Prof just said um, regarding the event. It is absolutely magical. Um, I will add to that in the fact that we are, I've spoken to a few people, um, Prof and uh, Mina included, about doing um, a keel-hauled Glitterbeard event um, sometime next weekend, either on the Friday or Saturday, um, just so that we'll get a couple of boats, maybe if we're lucky, on the same server, three or four, um, and actually just go and do the event so that people who normally solo sloop, duo sloop or brig can actually join us and actually go and experience the event um, because it, it it was that good. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. I want to thank you for inviting me, for getting me in on that. I didn't have time to go check out all of the journals uh, when the event started, but I knew that there was something that was going on and having you all kind of bring together the community um, really meant the world to me and and it was great to get to experience it with you uh it was definitely one of the few things that i i never expected it to be as emotional as it was and getting to see that 
with other people and getting to actually be a bystander. I got to be a bystander uh, this weekend. Um, I went out and sailed with uh, Captain Balzania and uh, uh, Daggers, McTimbers, and, and Chris Marlowe and a, a bunch of other folks in their community and actually got to bring in uh, Evil Monkey because uh, he he had actually messaged me um, a bit ago and, and said uh, asked if I had been doing it or if I'd had a, a chance to do it. So I reached out to him and uh, was lucky enough to get to have him join on me to get to see it. And uh, it was it wasn't as perfect as it was when we did it, but it was just as impactful uh, for them. And I, I hope that Rare really takes a look at the love and passion that they put into this moment, this event for Glitterbeard, and kind of bring that along to the rest of the game. Um, because I think, I think when the game really shines is when you have these types of moments. Um, we, we, we talked about it earlier with the Megalodon event, the Hungering Deep, and how you had to bring crews together. Uh, we were, we've been talking this whole episode about wanting to do stuff together. And as much as I love going out and sinking other people, I think some of the best things that have been done in game are the things when we've been able to get our community together and share experiences together and build those memories. So I guess at the end of this, uh, the, the one thing that I'll say is, is rare. If you're listening, uh, we, we want more community events. We want more reasons to get groups of us together because we don't get to see each other and being able to do that really really just kind of helps breathe life into the game and gives us more stories to sell professor yeah really i'm i'm having i'm having a special moment <laughs> and you're and you're you're throwing this in chat and and throwing me off sinking ships together is fun yes i i do agree i'm sorry i'm messing with your feels i get it <laughs> Yeah, I, I love sinking ships together. It's it's. Uh, I'm a dirty pirate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No, but I do love doing that too. That's it, that's one of the best things about Sea of Thieves is is we have moments like Glitterbeard where we can come together and have a really emotional moment together. Um, but I also really love it when we've got a couple ships on a server and someone says like, "Hey, there's a ship coming in. I I need help." And we drop what we're doing and we sail over and then it's a, a two ships versus one scenario. Um, those are a, a lot of fun as well, too. And I look forward to those moments because, you know, not everyone is, is you know, super good at PvP, but some of us uh, uh, are. And, you know, having having a couple people on that are good at PvP is a real kind of safety net for the, those of us that aren't. And it's it's really nice to have that kind of that kind of uh, tether to, to someone in comms and just be like, Hey, I need help. Can you guys head over? I'll sail towards you kind of thing. I absolutely love that. So also rare. Can we please get the ability to just log into an Alliance together and actually like boot up a couple ships at the same time? Um, I know you'd said technically it was possible, but for whatever reason, it hasn't been a focus. Uh, I would love to actually have that. Um, Pad, you had a, a thing that you wanted to talk about uh, with with a Microsoft and Discord you're mentioning. Um, give me some thoughts. What are you feeling? Um, obviously, it's only come to light in the last week. Um, I was going to I was going to ask how you actually felt about it 
considering you're running the Discord group. Oh, yeah. Uh with, with so what you're in, in case folks haven't been keeping up, um I I was thinking about doing an episode of this just as like a shore leave episode, but uh in the news there is rumblings going on about Microsoft uh valuing Discord at seven, roughly seven billion, uh, which is about what they spent on Zenimax to get Bethesda. And they are looking to be in talks with Discord to actually purchase uh Discord. And if that works, then Microsoft will then own one of the biggest gaming communication platforms out there that's available for free. Um, this is something that I've been talking on the Discord server with uh, Peoples. He's been really good at, at um, kind of talking and sharing some news about this as well. If Microsoft purchases uh, Discord, I definitely think that the Microsoft that we're dealing with now understands the importance and the the value of a company which is why i think they're they may only value discord at seven but they're willing to pay 10 to get it um the the when i look at microsoft and i see what's going on i look at clubs like keelhalt has a club an xbox club no one uses it no one does anything with it it's not really utilized we have a discord server that is extremely active and used almost every day for something and I really value that. Um, I look at how Discord was trying to sell games for a while, and they ended up having to shut that down because they just couldn't couldn't make a profit off of it. And I look at how Microsoft has Teams. Teams is great, but it's not something that gamers use. Gamers typically use Discord. So when I think about Microsoft actually purchasing Discord, what I see is a, a great opportunity to integrate Discord into Xbox and to have cloud streaming, to have PC streaming, to have Xbox, uh, all of that playing together and being able to use it at the same time. Um, I don't think that they are the same company that they were when they bought Skype. And I think that it'll be fair to say that if they did purchase Discord, they would probably have closer integration with Xbox as far as like the game bar and stuff. And we won't necessarily have to see them destroy uh, the the program the same way that they did with uh, Skype. Um, I If they did do something where it would cause us to have to, to reevaluate how the Discord server actually uh, ran, then I would, I would probably take a look at, you know, other services or, or what was going on to see just to make sure. But I don't really see them taking Discord away from the public uh, the way they would if it were, say, like a, a game company where they want to make exclusives. Uh, and with that, I think that, you know, it would be really nice if you booted up Game Pass on your phone and you could jump into a game and immediately start streaming it and it had full integration with Discord and you could jump on to a Discord channel with someone that's playing on their Xbox and have their Xbox uh, boot up the Discord app and just invite someone either to a party or to Discord and just have full access to it. Um, I would also really love it if Xbox, like if Game Bar was integrated directly into Discord, the app. So say you wanted to uh, play a game in one of the channels and you can stream your gameplay 
through Discord now, and you can still have the voice chat. Can you imagine how awesome it would be to jump into a voice channel for Discord and boot up Game Pass and just immediately start streaming a game instead of having to download it and install it, but you could just start streaming your content uh, from Game Pass directly through Discord and having people actually playing, uh, you know, having streamers with communities be able to stream their game directly to their community through Discord instead of having to go through Twitch uh, and having a way to monetize that would be amazing. Can you imagine how much nicer it would be if you if you just had to have Discord open instead of Discord to chat with someone or have a separate chat for, for Twitch and have to abide by all the DMCA stuff that's going on with Twitch if all you had to do is just jump into a, a, a voice channel, boot up Game Pass and start playing and have your community drop in and drop out whenever they want and actually share the experience with them um i think there there's so many boons to this i think that people are are afraid that microsoft is going to screw this up um but it feels like spill or spills fencer is is his name <laughs> if you didn't know um i think phil knows what he wants with the company and i think it's to try and improve the accessibility of communities to xbox gamers um that was a lot that i just said so did anyone have any feelings on that or, or any thoughts or, or ideas on what you would want Xbox to do with the Discord? I think I'll say this. We'll have to wait and see if the rumor is true, because right now it's just a rumor. So I'm not going to I'm not going to like, you know, add my two cents or anything to that because it's just a rumor. But then again, so it's the possibility of Microsoft buying Square Enix, Sega, Konami. You know, it's just a rumor at the moment. Logan, should I start calling you Bob Ross? That's those are some beautiful trees you, you're painting there. It's a wonderful <laughs> rainbow. I, I hope you're right. I really do, because I would hate to see Discord go the way of Skype and be as wonky and bug riddled as Game Bar is. Um, I, I counted it up while you were talking. So I have eight to ten background programs running when i play and stream and, and and communicate and it's it's crazy i have two big screens that i have these things running and i realize that not everybody can do that so yeah if you could get it all in one package and make it work it would be amazing i i would sign up to to watch you paint those pretty trees and and live in that <laughs> rainbow world it's a nice world i i love i love this idea I would totally, I would totally support Microsoft if they could, if, if they bought discord, I, I would absolutely love them to build perfect integration for Xbox players, PC players, mobile players to all have one community, the community that they built and actually give them the, the power to do exactly what discord does now, but allow them to stream and to monetize. And to have access. Can you imagine how amazing it would be if, if you logged into Discord, it was already connected to your Xbox Game Pass account, and we all wanted to play Sea of Thieves together, and we jumped into a voice channel. We all agreed, it didn't matter what device we were on, but we all agreed that this is what we wanted to play. We would kick open the game and stream all of our perspectives in the one Discord channel. So anyone that wanted to come watch could jump into that voice channel and see the four different perspectives without having to be a Twitch partner, without having to be some super popular streamer, 
but we all got to see each person's perspective as they played and got to enjoy that and then kick up, uh, you know, a community event as a result and, and be able to do that all. And then to, to just have a way to know that if we all wanted to, to do something that it, Discord already has the tools and they're already interested in it. So I, I, I hope very much that Microsoft does this and that they do what I want them to do with it, which is to allow Discord to be what it is for everyone but really, really kind of build in that functionality, build in those tools. Because right now, like game socialing or social stuff on, on Xbox is okay. Party's okay. But there are so many different things that could go wrong with that, that I've had weird bugs with it, that I'm just like, God, Discord is so much more, uh, so much so much better of a tool for this. And, and I hope that that's the case. But like Regis said, this is still kind of, in in the air like we we know that they're talking we've had multiple reports saying that they're in talks in in exclusive talks um but until it becomes a fact it's it's just kind of like a boy that'd be nice kind of a situation um did, did anyone have any follow-up to that or anything that they wanted to share feelings on that i think you just about covered it <laughs> <laughs> that's fair no problem no pressure all right. Well, uh, we're a little over the one hour mark. Uh, I think we had some really good ideas today. I, I really love the idea of of having different events, bigger events that required multiple crews. Um, I love the the idea that that uh, Flameheart could actually be destroyed. I don't know how he, he's already dead and he's just a spirit. So I don't know what we, you know, how that works. But I'm sure we'll figure something out. And I'll, I'm sure at some point I'll actually figure out how to say the word rune. Uh, without banished there you go regis yeah i like that banished <laughs> you got it rune, rune. Got it. You got it. yeah nordic rune I, I i'm not gonna say the multiple of that because i anytime i try and say rune runes runes is that right that doesn't sound right yep that, yes. that's two for two runes okay <laughs> it keeps uh, i keep wanting to do it and i'm sorry for that um yeah so uh tombs or tomes and uh runes um you guys are going to help me figure out english at some point but i just wanted to kind of go down the line um mina regis professor big bad pad thank you so much for joining me this episode i love chatting with you guys uh it means the world to me that you that you support me and that you spend some time with me um i'm looking forward to next month because i i think next month uh, is going to be really special we'll have the the regular community episode um I'd love to get some feedback from the gold hoarders that missed this and let me know if the date and time is good, if we need to adjust it, uh, how it's going, if we need to make it later, need to make it earlier, if we need to change the day. So uh, give me that feedback as well, too. But um, Mina, any parting parting words of wisdom or any uh, anything you want to say as we as we head off? Um, no, no, I think <laughs> <laughs> I'll take those uh, take those words over nothing. Uh, Regis, anything you want to say as uh, as we head out? Uh, selfish self promotion here. Just a week ago, I released a new chapter of Friendship on the My Little Pony Friendship of Pirates. So check it out, and I'll definitely send you a link, Logan. Perfect. I appreciate it, uh, Professor. Anything to uh, send us off into the into the rest of the week with? Get out onto the seas. Be a pirate. Sink a ship. Steal some treasure. Make a new friend. Live long and plunder. <laughs>
<laughs> Why isn't that a shirt? <laughs> Make one. That's true. We could probably do that. Uh, Pat, anything you want to uh, share as we as we head out on this uh, this episode? Um, just a quick one. Um, it it's it, it does seem to have been a lot smoother with fewer of us. Awesome. So I don't know whether or not that's something you want to take for. Uh, it, it, it's probably easier for you to control. Um, but yeah, uh, Rusty, we love you. We miss you. Get better, um, and we'll see you soon. Definitely. And I'm I'm really grateful that uh, El Jefe isn't here this week, so that it makes it a little bit easier for us to talk. He can go on more vacations if he needs to, uh, and report back later on. Nah. Uh, no, I, I love you guys all. Um, it definitely is a little bit easier with fewer people. Um, I will see if maybe we can work something out where uh, we can have recording on different days and maybe I can have shorter sessions with you guys, but uh, get, get different groups in at different times. But I'll kind of think about that and, and talk with you and kind of work that out. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Keel Hauled Podcast with the Gold Hoarder community. I really appreciate them so much. If you guys want to get a hold of me or have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to do so over on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-O-N through email at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-O-N at gmail.com. Head over to the Keel Hauled Discord server, join up, say hi, join the Sherpa program, jump into Insiders. There's lots of good stuff going on in there. And with that, Pirates, thank you. I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. Hey there. My name's Jameson or Big Cat. And I am Brenna or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose.